we're in Esther chapter 2. might help if I turn my microphone on. Esther chapter 2, verse 1. You know, it took me a while to figure out what God's plans were for my life. I, I, I can remember a youth director that I had telling me, I think you're going to be a preacher someday. Other people in my church telling me that. And then once I surrendered to preach, my parents told me, well, we thought God would probably call you to preach. And, you know, apparently I was the last to know out of everybody. And, uh, but uh, it, it's neat to see God at work in your life and to see how God leads and directs us and, and uses us for his purposes. But you don't have to be a pastor to be used by God. God uses every person uh, and we're all created and designed by God for his specific purpose for our lives. And so what a wonderful thing to know Christ, have a relationship with him, have a purpose that he has given us to fulfill in life. And um, we need to fulfill the purposes that God has given us to fulfill. Uh, Esther is now actually being taken uh, into the king's harem, actually the, pre the preparation, first of all, uh, before she's taken into the harem, the time of preparation. But uh, she's taken away from Mordecai, and she's brought into the care of one of the eunuchs of the king. And, uh, and he is preparing her, along with a bunch of other women, uh, for a time, uh, basically one night with the king, and the king will choose from the women that come across his path which one will be his wife. Again, this is not prescriptive. This is descriptive. Uh, he's a wicked uh, pagan king. And yet, God is at work behind the scenes in what is taking place in Esther's life. The scripture tells us that she finds favor with the eunuch, Haggai, the eunuch, and also with uh, everyone that meets her, and then finally with the king. And she is made the queen of the kingdom. Now, while this is going on, Mordecai hears of a plot to murder the king, and he tells Esther about it, and Esther tells the, the king, and Mordecai has his name written in one of the king's records. Uh, apparently, uh, King Ahasuerus, or... Um, by the other name Xerxes that he goes by, um, was known to have secretaries go around with him on his battlefield, and anything extraordinary that anybody did would be written down uh, and uh, saved in the records of the king. Well, apparently Mordecai made this list. And so uh, you look at these situations, and God's not mentioned, and yet God is at work in these circumstances because God is preparing for his purpose. Uh, ultimately, there's a wicked man named Haman that's going to come on the scene, and God is going to use these things that just seem to be happening by chance in the lives of Esther and Mordecai to fulfill his purpose. Um, we need to fulfill the purposes of God uh, by recognizing these purposes uh, and asking God to help us fulfill those purposes that he's given us. And uh, the title of my message is Recognizing 
God's purposes. We're going to talk about how to do that in here just a moment. But let's read this scripture. It's found in Esther chapter 2 and verse 1. Sometime later, when King Ahasuerus' rage had cooled down, he remembered Vashti, what she had done, and what was decided against her. The king's personal attendant suggested, let a search be made for a beautiful Uh, for beautiful young women for the king. Let the king appoint commissioners in each province of his kingdom so that they may assemble all the beautiful young women to the harem at the fortress of Susa. Put them under the care of Haggai, the king's eunuch, who is in charge of the women, and give them the required beauty treatments. Then the young woman who pleases the king will become queen instead of Vashti. This suggestion pleased the king, and he did so accordingly. In the fortress of Susa, there was a Jewish man named Mordecai, son of Jair, son of Shimei, son of Kish, a Benjamite. He had been taken into exile from Jerusalem with the other captives when King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took King Jeconiah, or Jehoiakim, of Judah into exile. Mordecai was the legal guardian of his cousin Hadassah, that is Esther, because she didn't have a father or mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure, and was extremely good-looking. When her father and mother died, Mordecai had adopted her as his own daughter. When the king's command and edict became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's care. Esther was also taken to the palace and placed under the care of Haggai, who was in charge of the women. The young woman pleased him and gained his favor so that he accelerated the process of the beauty treatments, and the special diet that she received. He assigned her seven hand-picked female servants to her from the palace and transferred her and her servants to the harem's best quarters. Esther did not reveal her ethnic background or her birthplace because Mordecai had ordered her not to. Every day, Mordecai took a walk in front of the harem's courtyard to learn how Esther was doing and to see what was happening to her. During the year before each young woman's turn to go to King Ahasuerus, the harem regulation required her to receive beauty treatments with the oil of myrrh for six months and then with perfumes and cosmetics for another six months. When the young woman would go to the king, she was given whatever she requested to take with her from the harem to the palace. She would go in the evening and in the morning she would return to a second harem under the supervision of of Shashgaz, the king's eunuch in charge of the concubines. She never went to the king again unless he desired her and summoned her by name. Esther was the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had adopted her as his own daughter. When her turn came to go to the king, she did not ask for anything except what Haggai, the king's trusted official in charge of the harem, suggested. Esther won approval in the sight of everyone who saw her. She was taken to King Ahasuerus in the royal palace in the tenth month, the month of Tebeth, in the seventh year of his reign. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won more favor and approval from him than did any of the other young women. He placed the royal crown on her head and made her queen in place of Vashti. The king held a great banquet for all his officials and staff. It was Esther's banquet. He freed his provinces from tax payments and gave gifts worthy of the king's bounty. When the young women were assembled together for a second time, Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate. 
Esther still had not revealed her birthplace or her ethnic background as Mordecai had directed. She obeyed Mordecai's orders as she always had when he raised her. During those days while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teresh, two eunuchs who guarded the king's entrance, became infuriated and planned to assassinate King Ahasuerus. When Mordecai learned of the plot, he reported it to Queen Esther, and she told the king on Mordecai's behalf. When the report was investigated and verified, both men were hanged on the gallows. This event was recorded in the historical record in the king's presence. Recognizing God's purposes. How do you recognize God's purposes for your life? Well, there's a number of ways to do that. One is to read the scripture. One is to go to God in prayer and to ask him. Uh, but what we're going to look at tonight has to do with, with circumstances of your life. Sometimes our circumstances can give us some clues as to what God's purpose is for our lives. Uh, so the first way we recognize God's purpose is to pay attention to unusual gifts. Pay attention to unusual gifts that God has given us. Um, Mordecai uh, is the legal guardian, verse 7 says, of his cousin Hadassah, uh, that is Esther, because she didn't have a father or mother. The young woman had a beautiful figure and was extremely good-looking. Uh, her good looks were a gift from God and were an unusual gift from God. Matter of fact, uh, of all the women that King Ahasuerus observed, Esther stood out head and shoulders above all the rest. God had given her not only great looks, but he'd given her a special character that was so great that everybody that saw her and interacted with her had favor upon her. I mean, she was just one of those people that everybody loved. Uh, I don't know if you remember all the stuff that was happening with Princess Diana when she was over there, and uh, I'm not a big keep track of the royals person, but I do remember what was going on with that and how well-loved she was um, by the British people and uh, by many even in America. And yet uh, 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 circumstances happened that weren't very favorable for her. But I want you to know Esther found favor with everybody that she came into contact, and God had given her the gift of good looks. You know, sometimes God gives us certain gifts for a very specific purpose that he has for our lives. Esther's gift of good looks would end up ushering her into the position that God had for her and would, because let's face it, King Ahasuerus wasn't exactly a deep person. All he was concerned about was the sex appeal of, of this woman. And so uh, God knew what King Ahasuerus was going to be like, and he knew what it would take to get Esther into this position and what it would take for her to be able to save the Jewish people. So for her to get into this position, she needed this gift. I want to tell you something. God gifts his people in accordance with his purpose. He does that. He gives us natural gifts and talents. He, he gives us... Um, aptitudes that we have that he's going to use for his purpose. He gives us spiritual gifts uh, to use for his purpose. And all of these things are given to us so that we can fulfill the specific purposes 
uh, that God has for our lives. Uh, somebody once said, where God guides, he provides. And I like that statement because I believe it's true. As God calls you to a specific thing in your life, he's going to gift you with the certain things that you need at that time to fulfill that purpose. One of the things he's, he does is he gives you natural gifts and qualities. And uh, there are certain things that I think that God gives us that he uses. I, I think of myself, my, my love for music. I, he's used that in some, some ways in my life. And that was a gift that I had before I was saved. But then there were other gifts that I didn't have. Until later on when God knew I needed them, he gave to me. Uh, for example, when the first time I preached a message, five minutes. I couldn't think of anything else to say. Five, I thought to myself, as I was walking down, I was thinking, I am never doing that again. Isn't it funny how God works? And so he, he, sometimes he calls us to our weakness. But if he does that, he will then give you the giftedness you need at the time that you need it. And so God gifts us in accordance with his purpose. So pay attention to the giftings that God has given you. Some of you are, are gifted in, in different ways. All of us are different. Uh, you have giftedness that I don't have and vice versa, right? All of us are different. All of us, God has gifted for his purpose. Use the gifts that you have for God's purpose and pay attention to those because they can give you a clue as to what God has in mind. Now, say you have a gift and you, and you say, well, how do I know if this gift is something that God wants to use? Ask him. Say, Lord, I've noticed that there's this gift in my life and, and I want to be willing to use this gift. Um, would you show me when to use it, how to use it, and help me use it if it's your will for me to use it? Uh, sometimes you, you may also just take it... To, Try it out, right? Sometimes you don't necessarily need a, uh, an invitation uh, to ministry to minister. You can, you can begin to minister and uh, see how God uses you in that ministry. And you may say, boy, this is not a fit. I have no uh, enjoyment of this, and it's like uh, grueling, and, and, you know, and you recognize it's not a match necessarily for your gift. That doesn't mean that... We don't serve, and sometimes in ways that we don't like. But it, what it does mean is God generally gifts us and gives us a satisfaction and enjoyment of what we're doing uh, for his kingdom. But uh, pay attention to those unusual gifts. By the way, if you have kids, pay attention to the giftings of your kids. Um, train up a child in the way he should go. Uh, one way you can translate that is train up a child in according to his bent, if my memory serves me. I believe that's... Um, and um, if it's not that verse, it's another verse. But there's one that talks about his bent. Uh, notice how your kids are wired and try to encourage them in those areas of giftedness so that they can become who God's called them to be. Don't try to make them a cookie cutter of yourself or of somebody else, but let them develop the specific giftedness that God has given them. And by the way, this is good for all of us. Don't compare yourself with somebody else. Because guess what? God has different purposes for all of us. 
uh, one scripture says, uh, he who com- compares himself uh, compares himself with others is not wise. Listen, God has created you for his purpose, and your purpose is not my purpose, and my purpose is not your purpose. Don't worry about the gifts of other people. You use the gifts that God has given you, because let's, let me tell you something. If God created you for it, it's important. You may not think it's important. Sometimes you think, well, boy, I wish I could have the gift of so-and-so. Uh, wouldn't it be nice to be able to do that? I, I remember uh, when I was called to preach, I thought, wouldn't it be nice if I could talk like Adrian Rogers? You know, that big, big voice, you know. And, uh, but guess what? God didn't call me to be Adrian Rogers. He called me to be myself and to, to fulfill the purpose he has for me. And so don't compare yourself with other people and try to fit into the mold of somebody else. Use the unique giftedness that God has given you for his purpose. So, recognizing God's purpose. How do you recognize it? First of all, pay attention to unusual gifts. Secondly, pay attention to unexpected change. Unexpected change. Look at verse 8. When the king's command that edict became public knowledge, many young women gathered at the fortress of Susa under Haggai's care. Esther was also taken to the palace. Now think about this change, this unexpected change in her life just happened overnight. She's, uh, one moment, she's an adopted Jewish girl being raised by her uncle. No, her cousin, I'm sorry. Uh, Been raised by her cousin, Mordecai. Uh, And in one moment... The situation completely changes. Now she's been ushered into the king's harem. She's got, there's all this wealth. There's all this abundance and everything around her. And, uh, of course, there's probably some negative feelings as well. But her world just changed overnight. Somebody once said, nobody likes change. Uh, even babies, you know, don't like to be changed sometimes, you know. Um, Everybody struggles sometimes with the changes that come in life. But sometimes change means that God is at work in our life. That he is beginning a new purpose or a new season in our life where he wants to use us in a new way. And that was definitely the case with Esther. Through this unexpected change, she would fulfill the purpose God had for her life. Um, Sometimes I'll hear about a trial that somebody's going through and you know, they pray, well, God, uh, change this circumstance. Lord, help this to change. And, and it doesn't change. And things don't go the way they plan. And, and, and there's sometimes this discouragement over it. But then when they get to the other side of this problem, you find that God has another plan. And God begins to f- fulfill his plan for their lives. Um, who would have thought? God, God gave me some unexpected change. I, I remember I was uh, going to school for music, and um, I was irresponsible. I was skipping class, okay? Now, don't judge me. I was, you know, I was young, okay? But I was. I was skipping class. And did you know, I had done that at UT, and they didn't enforce the policy at UT. At SIU, they enforced the the, uh, policy. I lost my Pell Grant. And I was unable to continue in school. That was a, an unexpected change. I had good grades. I, I thought, well, I'm doing great. You know, hey, I'm going to take, I'm going to just take the day off. All right? 
the door was slammed shut. I said, okay, God, you've got my attention. What is this about? I, drove, I remember I, I lived about an, uh, an hour away from the college, and when I found that out, I was just like, okay, well, obviously there's some change <laughs> afoot in my life. And so I remember driving out to this little uh, town, and there was a lake out by this little town. I drove out beside the lake, and I began to pray, and I said, okay, God, what are you trying to tell me here? And that was the day that God called. He did two things. He called me to preach and told me to go in the military. You say, well, that's weird. I, I know. I know it's weird. <laughs> I, told, I told God, I said, Lord, would you make me sure? I want to be sure. If you're calling me to preach, I want to be sure. And, uh, and, and by his grace, I, I shouldn't probably, I should have been willing to just trust him. But God, by his grace, did give me that sh- sure uh, that sense of surety on that. And, and then on the military thing, I said, Lord, that seems weird to me. <laughs> Why would you call me to preach and tell me to go in the military at the same day? If this is from you, would you change my dad's heart about this issue? Because my dad um, had uh, counseled me not to go in the military. He said, well, I want you to pursue your education. If you want to do that afterwards, do it. But you know, pursue your education. Well, my brother didn't care what my dad thought, so he was planning on joining the military, and the recruiter was at the house, and my dad heard the recruiter talking to my brother. And my dad, this, I, I kid you not, I drove straight from the lakeside. I drove straight home, and I pulled in, and my dad was standing out there. He said, Roger, come here. I want to talk to you. We went and we sat down in the living room. He said, I think you need to consider going into the military. And my mouth dropped open because I was not expecting that. Okay, God, you're showing off now. Uh, okay, I've got no excuse. I've got to go through this door. So, uh, so anyway, long story short, God changed, changed my course, but there was an unexpected change in my life. Sometimes there's an unexpected change that takes place, and if that's happening in your life, open up your ears. Ask God what it's about. Ask God, Lord, what might be your purpose for me in this change? Is there a ministry that I need uh, to to fulfill? Lord, is there something that you want me to do? Um, Is there someone that I need to come alongside of in the midst of this change and help? What is it that you're about in my life? And sometimes it may just be change, and you may not, God may not give you direction. But other times, a, an unexpected change may be the beginning of a new purpose in a new season of your life. So pay attention to those unexpected changes. Recognizing God's purposes, how? You uh, pay attention to unusual gifts, unexpected change, and unusual favor. Unusual favor. Um, Esther found favor, didn't she? Uh, look at verse 9. It says, the young woman pleased him and gained his favor. Talking about the eunuch, Haggai. Uh, look at verse 15. Esther won approval in the sight of everyone who saw her. Look at verse 17. The king loved Esther more than all the other women. She won more favor, there's that word again, and approval from him than in any other of the young women unusual favor now sometimes there may be no purpose whatsoever 
uh, in the unusual favor. I, I had a Spanish teacher when I was a freshman in high school, and now she wouldn't get away, she'd be in trouble for this, but she told the class, she said, Roger is my pet. He can go to lunch five minutes early. And so I just got up and I grinned at everybody, you know, like, uh, and walked out the room and went to lunch. Now, I don't know if that had anything to do with the plan of God for my life, it, but hey, it was fun to go to lunch five minutes early. Uh, it may have nothing to do, but sometimes in your life, the favor of God in a situation may be God's open door to use you. Um, Esther found this favor. Sometimes favor is granted to us by God for his purpose. Esther would be used by God to deliver the Jewish people. She had favor with the king. Guess what? Three times, was it, I think three times, she went two or three times, he extended the scepter, right? Because if you don't get the scepter extended, you die. And so she, she would later on come into his presence uninvited, and if he didn't extend that scepter, and every time he extended the scepter, why? Because God had granted her favor with the king for his purpose. You remember Joseph sold into slavery by his brothers? Went to Potiphar's house. God granted him favor, promoted to the chief servant until the false accusation of his wife. Put in the prison because of her accusation. In the jail, what's, what happens? God gives him favor. And he's ruling over all the other prisoners, including Pharaoh's two prisoners that he is sent to minister especially to, and uh, ends up being the link to God's purpose for his life. Again, he goes before Pharaoh. Pharaoh has a dream. Nobody can interpret it. And the guy says, oh, no, I forgot. Uh, I was supposed to tell you about this guy named Joseph. He can interpret dreams. And the king says, well, bring him. They bring him. And he tells the, the Pharaoh exactly what his dream means and what he ought to do about it. And the Pharaoh says, hey, who else is wise like this young man? I'm going to set him over my kingdom. He'll be second in power to me. God granted him favor. And what happened? Not only did he deliver the Egyptians, he delivered the people of that region, but he delivered the people of Israel. And he preserved the line of the Messiah. Uh, God has a purpose. Sometimes unusual favor in your life. God grants you favor. There's somebody that likes you. Uh, I had a, this week, uh, uh, my friend uh, Charles Savelle in Texas um, he endorsed my book, and, and he was telling me, he said, hey, I was thinking, you know, they, you read these things about marketing, and they tell you, you need to have a blog. And I thought, you know what, I'm not doing a blog. Well, he sends me an email this week, and he says, hey, Roger, he said, I got your, I got your book in the mail. And he said, um, would you like to come and, and, or, or send, correspond with me and do an interview for my blog? Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And so we're going to be corresponding this week, and he's going to send me questions, and I'm going to send him answers. I'll look at that as the favor of God to help me with, with my project. Listen, he didn't have to do that. He helped me. He, he went through my book, and I was like, 
Thank God he's willing to do that. I wasn't really looking for anything else, and he was willing to do that. I, I, look at, look at the, the favor of God in uh, how somebody gives you the benefit of the doubt in a situation where it could go either way. Have you ever had those situations? You ever pray when the policeman's walking from his cruiser to your car? <laughs> Lord, grant me favor. Um, it, listen, uh, the favor of God can give you an opportunity uh, to fulfill his purpose for your life. Uh, there's a fellow that came to our school. Uh, what was his name? It was Sumner Wimp. Anyway, he was talking about uh, how he was witnessing uh, he, he has the gift of evangelism, very obvious, he's got a gift of evangelism. And uh, he had a heart attack, and he's gone into the hospital, and they're ministering. And he just had this joy, because he loved the Lord, he was full of the Lord, he, he had peace about his situation. And person after person would come into his hospital room and say, why are you so filled, you're smiling, you're, you're happy, why, you know, you've got all this going on in your life, what, what's going on with you? And, and he would talk to them, and he'd tell them about Jesus. Five people came to Christ during his hospital stay. God granted him favor with these people that were coming to minister to him, and they came to Christ. Listen, I want to tell you, when God grants you favor with somebody, it may be because he wants to use you in that person's life or use you in that situation. So pay attention to the situations where there's unusual favor, and thank God and praise God for what he's doing in your life. Recognizing God's purpose, how do you do it? Pay attention to unusual gifts, unexpected change, unusual favor, and finally, uncovered evil. You say, uncovered evil? How could that have anything to do with God's purpose? Look at verse 21. Those days while Mordecai was sitting at the king's gate, Bigthan and Teresh, two eunuchs who guarded the king's entrance, became infuriated and planned to assassinate King Ahasuerus. When Mordecai learned of the plot, he reported it to Queen Esther and she told the king on Mordecai's behalf. When the report was investigated and verified, both men were hanged on the gallows. This event was recorded in the historical record in the king's presence, uncovered evil. Mordecai heard something that had been planned that was evil. A plot was uncovered. How could this be a part of God's plan? Well, if you read a little bit farther, you know. Because the king gets insomnia one specific night. Isn't that interesting how God works? And he pulls out the record, and there it is in black and white. Mordecai saved the king's life. Hey, we're going to honor this guy, throw a party for him. And it exposed Haman's wickedness in even a greater way. <laughs> Haman was going, he was going to get Mordecai killed. And the king asked him a question, what should be done for the man the king delights to honor? And Haman thinks it's him, so he's saying, hey, put on the dog. You know, he's telling him all these things to do. He says, okay, do this for Mordecai. And it you know, totally blew him away. God had a plan. God used evil for his purpose. Have you ever been disturbed or dismayed by the evil around you? Have you ever heard something that grieved your heart and disturbed your spirit? 
and your thought caught with the world we're living in. Maybe, maybe you were worried. Maybe you were distressed by what you heard. Take heart because even in those situations, we serve a God who is in charge. And no matter what may come, He is able to take all things and work them together for good. Um, if there's uncovered evil in your life, it may be in, in, in that you hear about, uh, it may be that God has a purpose for you in that situation. He may want you to pray for the person. He may want you to rebuke the person, like Matthew 18, where it says, go by yourself, go with a brother, take it to the church or the church leadership. Uh, it, it's whatever, it, it may be that God wants you to rebuke. It may be that God wants you to take some action in the midst of that. Uh, Christians have been known throughout history as being people who go into situations that are dark and hopeless and shine a light and, and bring about positive change. I want to tell you something. Uh, people may criticize, Christians may, may downplay them and so forth, but there's no greater force in this earth for good than the church of God. And when individuals sometimes are confronted with an evil and they see something that's happening that's evil in the world and they begin to take steps to bring about a change, what a powerful thing. Uncovered evil. Uh, I, I want you to see, we've got people in our church who are working for Choices Resource Center. What They've discovered an evil that's taken place and God has led them to do something about it. The evil of abortion. Uh, others are, are working overseas. Shannon, uh, not this time that she came, but the last time that, that she and Jason came, uh, probably about a month ago, uh, she told me that she was uh, in a class in her church about uh, sex trafficking, about ministering to people who are going through sex trafficking. Her church was sending missionaries over to minister to people in that lifestyle um, and, and to help them come out of it. Listen, we are on the winning team. There, there's, nothing, there's nothing that this world can send our way that Christ is not able to handle. There's nothing that the devil can come up with that Christ cannot overcome. What did Jesus say? In this world you'll have trouble? Take heart. I've overcome the world. Jesus is able to handle these circumstances. So when uncovered evil comes your way, <laughs> when you begin to discover what's happening and, and there's something evil that, that is, is revealed to you. It may, may not, but it may be God's purpose for you to have a role in doing something about it. In Mordecai's case, he told Esther. Esther told the king, and the assassination plot was foiled. God may want you to take an action like that, or he may want you to vote. Amen? <laughs> it may be that the evil can be overcome by actually casting a vote. It's amazing how many Christian people don't vote. You know the potential of what God could do in this country if people who cared about values and cared about the things of God's word would go to the ballot box. What a difference it could make in our land. Uncovered evil, God 
may want you to minister to people in the middle of it. But uh, whatever the case may be, pay attention to these situations and don't just assume. Sometimes people wring their hands. Oh, things are so bad on the outside. And it's totally a negative situation. And, and it's only, oh, have you heard what's happened? Oh, how awful. Oh, how terrible. And you talk about the things of this world. Sometimes this may be an opportunity for God to move in and to use you in the middle of that situation uh, to bring about a change. So pay attention to the uncovered evil in your life. Recognizing God's purpose. How do you do it? Pay attention to unusual gifts that God has given you, to unexpected change in your life that may signal God's uh, change of course in your life, to unusual favor that God has given you in a certain situation, and to uncovered evil that you learn about that God may want you to do something about. Uh, as you do this, this is not; these are not the only ways, as we mentioned, to uh, find out God's purpose for your life. But they are some, some indicators that you can then take to God's word and take to God in prayer. And you can say, Lord, is this from you? Is this an opportunity? Uh, and let me encourage you to do that. If you're noticing something in your life, ask God about it. Say, Lord, you've given me this gift or you've uh, brought this change in my life. Lord, how do, you want me to use, how do you want to use me in this situation? Lord, is there a purpose that you have for me in this? Um, Sometimes if you're talking about uncovered evil, you hear somebody tell, a, tell something bad about somebody else, right? And there's the, the uh, phone line thing going on, you know? Talk, talk, talk. And the story spreads from here to there. Uh, don't gossip about it. Ask God how you can make a difference in that circumstance and then follow him in obedience and uh, see what God will do. What a potential. If we would take the circumstances. Listen, the story of Esther is all about the providence of God and the fact that God is on his throne and he's in charge and he's, history is moving according to his story. Uh, his purposes are going to be fulfilled. Um, but it's also about God using ordinary people. Look at the circumstances of life, not as random things that just happen, but look at them as under the control of a sovereign God and then ask God what your role in that, in that situation is. And God can use you to make a difference in his kingdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. And thank you, Lord, for uh, helping us to see sometimes how you work in our lives to direct us toward your purpose. And uh, Lord, thank you for gifts that you've given us. And thank you, Lord, for detours in our lives that lead us away from what's not good for us.